This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tackle and Tacos, a fishing podcast. This is episode number 13. We are coming to you from lovely, stormy Strum, Wisconsin. It is Monday, July 10th, 2023. Nate is broadcasting to you from Davenport, Iowa, from his home, his home theater studio office extraordinaire. Oh my God. Uh, Nate, are you about the bedroom part? Nate's bedroom uh, (laughs) with Coco, the barking dog, whose secret power is barking. Is that correct? Yeah, and she's fantastic at it. Absolutely sweet girl. She is talented, as they say. (laughs) She uh, she's something spatial. So today we're going to do something totally um, not. Well, kind of, kind of different, kind of unique. This is, again, just like last week, we did a specific episode on frogging, frog fishing, and that was something we thought about from the get-go of this whole podcast, and this is another one. So today, we just, we wanted to speak about things that we know really well, and I would say this topic, I know I am, I think Lola's getting there slowly but surely. I know Nate is an expert. I mean, Expert. I, I think we are high level experts. Today is how to lose Just a bass kidding, tournament. I'm sorry I said expert like that for you. How good are uh, we at 100% this? Hundred percent true. How good are we at losing bass tournaments? I feel like when there's 
if somebody looked at our our uh, record, they'd say they're very good at eating tacos and they're very good at being not number one in bass tournaments. Is this correct? Is, is this accurate? As Matt Pangrack would say, accurate assessment? <laughs> accurate assessment yeah. to the fullest, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, to the fullest. So I feel like that's relatable. You know what I'm saying? We're going yeah. we're to we're gonna keep it real today. Um, so what did we, before we get into that, let's do like a, you know, let's, 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 kind of deviate from the norm let's talk life man like not just fishing not just tacos not just tackle um what did we do this last weekend today is monday um i think most people who who listen to this podcast and again so much thank you to anybody so much thank you so much thank you <laughs> I, I, I don't know what just happened so much so thank much you. thank you there's a thank much here, thanks there's a to thank so much there. there's so much thank everywhere everywhere um i don't even drink but it sounded it like sounded i had pretty drinky. a couple in me there um, but so much gratitude goes from all three of us to anybody who listens to our podcast. We we pay pretty close attention to the numbers, the metrics uh, behind the scenes. Not that it really matters, but just to kind of it's see exciting. where we're at and yeah. see how we're doing. And um, to know that so many people have tuned in and listened so many more than I thought would um, at this point in our podcast, just a few months in, is so humbling, man. Definitely. Like, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's humbling. We love it. Um but we, if you didn't, if you, if you didn't know this already, Lola and I live in Wisconsin. Nate lives in Iowa. Uh, we talk all the time via text and, and, and phone call and whatever to kind of touch base. And so, um, Nate, what did you do this weekend? We know you had a tournament. How did things go down? Well, um, they, they didn't go well, actually. <laughs> so, oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> so it was more of like, so you can really be an expert on this topic. Absolutely. I'm getting, I'm getting very, very good at talking about how to, uh, how to show up and donate as they say. Yeah. Give, give that <laughs> club your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give those winners. And I, honestly, this tournament, I was, I was glad to give my money to the winners. The guys that won the tournament are awesome dudes. Oh, I love okay. that. Uh, father, father, son combo. Oh, dope. And they won the stinking tournament with four fish. No. Oh my gosh! Fish. What was the weight? Yeah, uh, just under fourteen pounds. Okay, that's respectable. Wow, yeah. with, with four with fish, four? yeah, yeah so, that's really good. Yeah, so it, it was it was awesome. Yeah, that's um, but were yeah. They, so were they green fish, brown fish? What was it? All greens. Yeah, okay. all greens. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the tournament. Where was it? Were you well versed in the area? Did you pre-fish it? Did you have a pattern? Did you have a plan? What happened? Yeah. So the uh, the tournament uh, came out of. Bellevue, Iowa, which is on the the far, far north side of uh, Pool 13. And by Huge far north urban side. area, gangs everywhere. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, at the hood of Bellevue. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so, and by far north side, I, I literally mean, like, the ramp we used was at the dam. Like, so it's right oh, there. Wow. So, yeah, that is up there. It, yeah, I mean, I could have, I could have fit on the dam and locked up to 12 if I wanted to because it was it's literally that close but when you're fishing um, so, these when you're fishing these derbies I wonder if people wonder this um and I think it's probably per bass club but do they set limits on if you can lock up or lock down yeah typically typically it's it's one, one either lock way. either direction yeah. yep yeah. yep so typically it's one lock either direction and actually one of the other local clubs that I fish um they they eliminated locking Oh wow! Um, unless it's an so open, if you're on so thirteen, no you're on thirteen. 
exactly. Yeah, okay. no locking at all, um, unless uh, unless it's an open, which they only have, I think, one a year or something like that. But um, yeah. So, anyways, top side of pool thirteen, um, and that that overall pool I have quite good familiarity with. Uh, yeah. But honestly, it's on the the south end of the pool, which would have been uh, roughly. 30-ish miles south of where we launched. So, and it's, a, and it's um, kind of pretty, a long run, 30 miles. Like, it's not a straight yeah, shot. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a real windy, windy yeah, it's a real windy 30 miles, yeah. yeah. So, um, definitely a run that I could have made and Did had anybody? I been fishing. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't hear of anybody that ran to that south end of the pool. Okay. Um, most, I, I believe most, most people ran to the kind of the midsection. I know a lot of people kind of stayed up towards Bellevue. Um, at the dam, there's a backwater there and then, um, some good current areas where you can catch some small lays. And then like I said, and there's a little backwater section where you can get into some decent largemouth. but I, I hadn't had very much luck in that area. So I, I ran to that mid section of the, of the pool where I do have, where I do have a lot of, um, a lot of history. And, and honestly that, that probably could have bit me in the butt. Um, you know, yeah, fishing past overall. history thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, had I been solo, I might have ran to that lower section. Um, I fish with my father-in-law, and he's not really—he's not really much for running uh, running seventy miles an hour for for my thirty man. straight miles. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. And was so your father-in-law to, was your father-in-law throwing a tube? Uh, he flipped a tube. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he he is uh, he's you know he's the guy that got me into tournament fishing. So right. I absolutely love him for that. Um, but he's super, he's super old school, like, <laughs> uh, and by old school, I mean like, like the line that he's used, he used two years ago. It's, it's not like Dacron, yeah, so, is it? No, it's, okay. uh, Trilene XT. Oh, daddy. He's flipping he, with Trilene? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> oh my gosh. it's 17, it's 17 pound Trilene XT or XS for everything because he bought like it two spools uh one of each uh probably 10 years ago and that's what he's that's what he's re-spooled with twice in the last four years so so i always thought that there should be like a thicker trilene like 17 and 20 or whatever uh that they mm-hmm. call like lm for line memory you know? <laughs> yeah it's exactly like, it's like we have tighter spooled circles when you cast than any other monofilament out there <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no diss on yeah. trialing necessarily specifically, but goodness gracious, if you're using old thick mono, dude, you're it's like throwing out there with a slinky. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So that's, so that's what he's used, and he he flipped the tube that he tied on during our I don't know first tournament last year. Probably the same tube, same hook, same sinker. Um, if he doesn't break off, he doesn't retie. Uh, <laughs> Oh, there's some nicks uh, in my line. Same, well, it's still yeah. there, so we're just going to keep on yeah, flipping. Same. That would be me. Yeah. Too much work. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. I could cut it off. And but meh. Nah. <laughs> Let's get yeah, back in. Same, same chatterbait, same chatterbait that, that he's been throwing for the last two seasons. And honestly, I think those he did he did tie on a buzz toad um, during the tournament. So that oh. was the only, that was the third bait that he used, uh, I guess, or tried all day. So, um, but yeah, it was... Uh, like I said, ran down to the midsection and and did did some fishing in some areas where, um, so we've had some past history and uh, I caught one right away in the morning, like a thirteen inch smallie on a popper, 
um, oh, which was pretty fun. cool because he, yeah. cause he, yeah, cause he absolutely smoked it. Of course he did. Um, yeah, but then uh, then I didn't have another bite for the next, like, I don't know, two-ish hours. That's oh, not gosh, as fun. No way. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was really, really rough. Um, and then ran to another section kind of upriver um, from where we started and uh, got on a spot. That was That's a main river kind of – main river point kind of hump and it's got some off uh some offshore structure on it and i just started like slinging a little drop shot around there because i caught him caught him doing that in the past there and i probably caught i bet i caught 10 fish there in the half, half an hour or so we sat there but Whoa. they were all shorts 10 to 12 inch uh, little large buddies. mouth and small mouth mixed together whoa yeah so so that was that was pretty cool caught a bunch of fish but again no no good ones um Decided to make another run downriver a little ways. Um, Jordan knows the area pretty well. It's, you know, just down from where you caught those giant walleye that tournament. Oh, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just down from there, there's some, uh, kind of where the boat docks start. I was fishing behind one of those and uh, got a couple bites thrown a wacky worm. And then uh, um, probably the third time I got a bite, it absolutely just like, almost ripped the rod out of my hand and it was uh the one fish that the one keeper ended up with all day was like just over two and a half pounds i think it was like 268 or 258 something like that but um good good solid fish would have been nice it probably caught it around at this point it was probably 10 30 ish or so i'd yeah. say maybe maybe 11 but after that uh just a few more small ones throughout the day and that was it i mean it just completely fizzled off after after about eleven thirty. And you had a shortened tournament day yeah. anyway, right? Yep. Because of the high temperatures. Like y'all were off the yep, water exactly. at two instead of three. Yeah. Typical typical uh tournaments run from safe light to to three. This one was safe light to two because we were um getting in that, that upper upper eighties to ninety degree temperature for the for the air temp and I think water temp was right around I think when I got off the water, it was like 78 or 79. Wow. So it's, you know, it's getting, getting warm, warm for sure. But yeah. yeah, so, uh, caught, you know, overall caught quite a few fish, but I mean, all the same exact size. They were all yeah. 10 to 12 inches other than the one keeper um, that I had. And I don't even think I had another keeper bite. I had one, one other fish jump off, uh, kind of midday, but, um, it, it was you know, one of those borderline sizes. So I really don't know if it would have helped out at all um but that was it made the run back up river fishing some riprap banks and um some rock jetties and some wing dams just you know trying to maybe get get a roaming smallie or something that was uh you know looking to eat but never never got it i think i caught one small largemouth kind of on those all those different spots and probably hit five or six of them different spots on the river on the way up and really really uh was uh was really rough um, yeah. but yeah got back to got back to the ramp and kind of got got the boat cleaned up and you know we we're talking to uh, a couple of the guys and one of the guys said he had four fish but he had two really good ones and i'm like oh nice what's uh what you know what do you think you got he's like oh i'm not i'm not really sure but i know i know two of them are over four pounds oh man that's that's nice. So, Whoa. talked to him a little bit, and they—it was actually the guys that ended up winning the tournament with oh, four nice. fish. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really dope, dude. 
Yep, well, and it was it was it was fun. So yeah. and I actually started the weekend off by I went fun fishing on a different pool with a buddy who had never you know, was not real familiar with the river and he just bought a boat. So I kinda wanted to show him around the area that he lives and we did a little bit of that and on the way out of the creek that we were in, I hit a stump with the trolling motor and I mean just smoked it. it. <laughs> and and sheared the T-bar that locks the trolling motor down oh, gosh. Um, the day before this tournament. So I, sh- I broke that in half. And I'm like, oh, great. Just another another trip out with this Ultrex. and another break. so many problems with his Ultrex this year. Good God. <laughs> yeah, it's been so rough this year. But uh, I, I called the local shop, and they actually had a new T-bar in stock. Ran down, picked it up. It was literally the easiest Oh, good. In the That's world. good. And the new part, the new part was stainless steel. So, so I don't have to worry gonna, about it breaking yeah, again. Yeah. Snap off like that. Jeepers creepers, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were safe though. I mean, not, not to sound like cheesy, uh, PSA, but you know, every day on the water you can learn from, you can grow from even the not good ones. And as long as you're safe and whatever, like things could be worse. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great day. You know, it was fun day fishing. Uh, it's only the second tournament I fished with my father-in-law this year so we you know we haven't fished much together but uh i think overall he had a good time and was able to catch a few fish but um you know not not a ton um but uh we had a really foggy morning to start like the the run down river was probably 16 to 17 ish miles um down river is what we ran and it was like pretty dense fog almost the whole way so we were we were keeping her pretty uh Keeping her pretty dialed back, which he yeah. enjoyed. So, <laughs> him and Lola both. All right, yes. Lola, what did yeah. what did we do this weekend? How, how did, did our we weekend do? go down? Um, well, we went camping. Yay! Woo! Camping. Yeah, gosh, I love camping. We went with all six of our children, and Yay. We... <laughs> which sounds fun and is, but is also not. It's just a lot thing. of work, but yeah. it's so. I imagine. It was so fun, and we totally tent camped, it. and because yeah. that's what we, we don't have a camper. But let me just say, I really want a camper. Yeah. I know. And we've never been camper people or whatever, yeah. but like there's something about it that just makes it better. It definitely yeah. makes it easier. easier maybe. But, I don't yeah, know. And, that, and that's, I think that's probably the biggest thing. So I, I'm, I've grown up, I grew up camping my entire life like yeah. on, on the campsite, like forever. And my wife kind of did the same thing a little bit, not near to the level, uh, that that I did, but now you know she wants to camp more, but it has to be in a camper. And I talk to people all the time. I talk to people all the time that that you know have campers, and they say the the greatest part about it is like you get the camper, then you prepare the camper with you know the laundry, sheets, blankets, right. whatever, uh, the dishes, everything. All you need to do is. T- Go get the food, put it in the camper, hook the exactly. camper up, and go camping. And that's yeah. what so, that's so, it yeah. because we're still six, unloading right now. Honestly, like actually, yeah. we got home when yesterday, <laughs> yeah. and with six kids, they all have their special blankets, and they each need to bring mm-hmm. a pillow and a stuffed animal. And then, I mean, Gus is in a pack and a play baby, still, one year old, and so we bring the pack and play and put that in a tent. So we end up having two tents. So the older five share a tent and they all have air mattresses and um, their special stuff. And then I don't know, it's just, I want to have like a pillow bin. These are our camping pillows, a blanket bin. Like you can still bring your special blanket, but um, I don't know. I think a camper would make things a lot easier. I don't mind sleeping in a tent. Like that doesn't bother me. Sleeping in a tent. I sleep better than anywhere on planet earth. Especially yeah. in like cool nighttime temperatures. I mean, I'm it's, 
especially if you're camping somewhere that's actual camping. Like if it's if it's like wildernessy and there's no lights right. and the campsites are far apart and oh my god. Because what we did this weekend yeah. was more of like do you say gimmicky? I don't know uh, yeah, the so, right word. It was more aimed for our kids, which was yeah. it's Stony Creek in Osseo, shout out. Yeah. Pwah, pwah, pwah. And it they right, have yeah. they have a pool, they have a lake that has um like a blow up blob thing mountain jump off thing yeah. they have a oh, fishing nice. pond they have a volleyball court basketball court skate, skate park. park they have an ice cream shop it's just it's really fun and it's very like specific for families for kids so they do like like they have a like what's that uh what's that thing back in the day that show where you could like get picked up in a cab and then they'd ask you random trivia questions oh, they do they that on golf money. carts they do that in golf carts and then they have like <laughs> trivia nights cool. and they have like um they Christmas have themed, in July yeah, and themed have, weeks and stuff it's just really it was really it's fun literally the opposite of everything i want a camping experience to be but my dad hard of me like super over over you know supersedes all that other stuff yeah. and knowing that all six of my children are super pumped on all this crap that has nothing to do with camping <laughs> but we're outside like, oh, also they have a restaurant where you can order pizza and they'll deliver it to your campsite it's, which we did yes, and it was so stupid and it was really good um <laughs> yeah it was dope it was and I'm so like oh dope. I cut up some peppers and cucumbers guys eat that up too yeah um I'm like hey you guys want to cook some hot dogs over the fire and they're like we want pepperoni and cheese Actually, like, guys all of them. Right, yeah. Actually, all of them wanted to cook hot dogs yeah, over did. the fire. Yeah, so, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going camping to a way more way like way rustic. But we'll bring bikes, and there's a playground, and we're right on the water, and so we'll have fishing rods, and we'll bring the boat. Yeah. Um. So that'll be that'll be different, but yeah. really fun. Yeah. 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 Camp, yeah. I mean, I on our on our social media for tackling tacos, I posted something like camping with your family, much like positivity is worth the effort because yeah. it's it's not super natural to like have it just go really easy. Like you'll see photos of people on social media with with their kids camping. It's like, oh, that's so cute. But there's also mm -hmm. like it's difficult because you have from sun up until sundown space to like, what do we do now? And mm -hmm. um you know, we're, I could just be out there looking at the fire for a vast majority of that time Honestly. and then swinging in a hammock and then going fishing or just walking around the woods and being like, Oh, look at that. It's an yeah. elderberry. Huh. But our kids or were whatever, like, but the kids want to do they need, stuff. Like, what can we do? What can, but yeah. I really think like, Oh, we can swim. They all love to bike and explore nature and stuff. So it, I don't know. They could build a fort. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it'll be really fun. No, it'll be good for sure. But yeah, and, it was dope. And just being outside together as a family is just like my most favorite thing. Yeah, and I love seeing Gus, who is our one-year-old. That dude loves being outside. Like cries when you bring him like, in. Like he does not want to be inside ever. Whether it's like getting splashed around the water or like grabbing toads or yeah. <laughs> like picking up sticks. Sitting in mud. He loves to be outside and I love that. Yeah. I super like yeah. I, I whatever I do as a dad, like it's so vital to me to not quell that love of his, to not like put yeah. that out, even though Don't it's like not always that. super convenient. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But like it's just a big deal to not yeah, to not wreck that. I'm actually just about done with a book um that I've been reading called Outdoor Kids and Inside World by Stephen Ranella from Meat Eater. And he, it's a really practical book for any parents out there who want kind of strategy on um, 
getting your kids he doesn't like vilify or demonize screens but getting your kids away from screens and whatever to go outside and do stuff um like one really practical thing he said like if you go for like a hike with your kids your kids don't give a rip about hiking from point a to point b but if you get them outside and say hey let's have a contest to who can find the most morel mushrooms or who can flip over a log and see or what's let's underneath do a scavenger it, or hunt. do a scavenger hunt or what does that cloud look like give them little you know like intellectual pit stops along the way you can engage them a little better yeah, definitely. and that's what we're I trying to that. do that's what we're trying to do as a family as well as like get our kids outside and like bite size servings that are really engaging still because you don't want it to be like hey remember that time we went camping and we all hated it for the whole three days or whatever right and so yeah yeah for sure anybody anywhere near uh, the Midwest, I, I highly recommend uh, Stony Creek Campground in Osseo. It's Definitely. mostly like it's mostly an RV park, but they also have um, campsites. It's just and there are lots of trees. It's not really like cool. it's not like a concrete pad where you park yeah. your RV. Like it still feels naturey and everyone's friendly. And I don't know, it's just it's fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's what we did this weekend. Yep. Um. Also, a reminder about leaving a rating for us on Spotify. Uh, five stars, if five you will. Five stars. Um, I mean, if you think we're worth that. Um, and then a written review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we're having a contest, I guess. Yeah, a written like- review with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Like, if you do four stars, like, we appreciate it. That's still positive. But the five-star ratings are what really gets us, like, plugged into Apple Podcasts algorithm and gets us, like, suggested to other people listening to other podcasts. So, like, and it really is. It's not just for our ego. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it really assists us at, at Tackle, and, Tackle and Tacos as a new show. Yeah. Helps us grow. Yeah. And so we're having a contest or however you want to call it. Um, We'll pick a winner or two. Yeah. One from Spotify, one from Apple. Yeah. To get some of of our our new merch, Um, a shirt and a hat. Totally for free. Totally for free. Like one of each, not like one gets a shirt, one gets a hat. Like each gets a shirt and a hat shipped to your door for free just for writing a positive review. Yep. Yeah. Dope. All right, let's get after it. Um, how simple is that? Come how on. How simple yeah. is that? And um, and you know, we appreciate it. Yeah, we, we yeah. Do. It's a it's like a two birds one stone. Like it really really helps us out. We'll give you a shirt and a hat, and um, yeah, go write us a go write us a positive review. Appreciate you. Um, and a bunch of people have. So the, the people that have, thank you. Thank you Huge. so much. What did I say? So much thank. So much thank. So much thank to those right <laughs> review. That's like that episode of The Office where Kevin was trying to like abbreviate all of his speech and people were like, no, but now you have to stop and like explain what you're saying. He's like, why use many word when few word work? Oh Whatever, my God. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know how to talk. So, all right, here's what we're going to do. Tonight, we're talking again, something that we are absolute experts on. How to lose a bass tournament. Rude. How do you lose a bass <laughs> tournament? We're going to give you seven ways in reverse order. So if you're driving, just take your eyes off the road for a second and oh write gosh. these down. Because nope. if you want to get good at losing tournaments, this is how you do it. Okay, right. Let's be let's be honest, Lola. Let's be honest, Nate. What? This is gimmicky as crap. This is really like an episode to help you figure out how to win tournaments, right. but just, just flipping it flip to try to, to be a little unique. So it goes without saying, but take the things we're about to say and um, turn them around. And I really do think it'll help you win tournaments. This is sort of an amalgam of things I've learned, things Lola has learned, things Nate has learned mixed with 
Um, Bass University talks by like Gerald Swindle, Ishman Rowe, Brandon Polinick, Mike Iconelli, dudes who know how to win tournaments, local dudes that I know who are absolute sticks, like hammers who are consistent. How do you win a bass tournament? Well, here's how to not win it. All right. Uh, Lola, give us, these are in order, seven ways in reverse order. And there could be a lot more. There could be many, many more than just seven, but these are the seven we're going to focus on because, um, again, these are things that we're kind of pulling from different levels of inspiration but that mean the most to us so number seven how to lose a bass tournament well you don't want to worry about maintenance whether that's your boat trailer lures rods and reels you know all that stuff just yeah. don't worry about yeah, it don't 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 change your line nope. don't retie nope Mm-mm. don't don't check your bearings or any tra- don't, don't do any of it do that none of it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not too terribly long ago um my friend Jeremy and I, this is two weeks in a row. No, it was a couple weeks ago. We gave him a shout out. Yeah. Jeremy Muldrum. Um, he and I think really similarly as it uh, relates to tournament fishing. Like we both really like fishing tournaments, but we also want balance with it where we're not so obsessed and like, you know, we want to, we want to enjoy it. But, uh, he fished a tournament with me on Nelson Lake, which is up near Hayward, Wisconsin. And, um, that was the tournament that when I pre-fished it, my entire wheel flew off of my trailer, like sheared the bolts off of the hub on the trailer and it rolled off on me. So, so I took it and I never even felt it. That's the craziest thing about it. So I took a turn, a right turn, and I'm looking in my mirror at the boat as she's coming around the bend and it sands one entire wheel. So if you really want to suck at bass tournaments, don't do any maintenance. And then if your trailer breaks down, you can't make it to the lake anyway. Yeah. Or if you notice that it flew off or it's not there, just keep going. Just keep it moving, dude. Yeah. Just don't worry. Yeah. Um, Again, I think we talked about this already, but this was a Gerald Swindle thing. He said uh, after every tournament, and I believe him, I, I believe he is a very like, you know what I'm saying, dedicated like, regimented is probably the right word type of human. That's, yeah. That's probably the perfect word for it. Yeah. Um, Scheduled, yeah. Like he's like, he's that dude who's like super funny. And like when we were talking to, we were talking to Polinick uh, about Gerald Swindle on the podcast. And I was like, is he like that? Like that super funny Southern guy all the time. And he said all the time, like doesn't matter when, mm-hmm. but I also think he's that dude that is like um, one of those guys who almost acts silly but you know that you know like he's smart as crap too mm-hmm. you know like just really sharp wouldn't you say so nate don't you get that vibe from g man yeah 100 percent. he's definitely a guy that that uh comes off as as you know i guess kind of uh you know kind of playsome or wholesome or whatever yeah. but mm-hmm. uh you know when it's when it's crunch time like he he buckles down and and he you know stays 100 percent focused and definitely definitely uh stays up on the on the things he's doing like maintenance and, and stuff like that you know yeah um, you, you can just hear it you hear it when he talks it's it's definitely you know something he believes in so yeah he said that after every tournament he goes home and touches every bolt and every screw on his boat and trailer everything gets lubed everything gets addressed everything gets inspected every bolt on every part of his from his trolling motor to his transom gets tightened and he doesn't have breakdowns because I think that's great I mean so I say smart. this to you so often like okay wait this is our stuff let's take care of our yeah, stuff yeah. and that's not just your boat and whatever no, but like but yeah, I yeah. Mean, but that even I mean that even relates to um, like let's say 
you want to lose a bass tournament, don't worry about maintenance. Don't worry about organizing your tackle. You know, like go mm, buy, go mm-hmm. buy you a whole bunch of dope new jigs. Um, let's say like, um, what's the name of that company that Pat Schlopper fishes for? Kirigi or Kiriji or whatever. It's like K-U-R-E-I-J-I. Yeah. You know, you, you see that he caught like a double digit bass on a jig and then you're like, oh, I'm going to get me some. And so you head to wherever, buy you some, put them in a bag and then you forget where you put them. Well, that doesn't do you any good if you weren't like regimented enough to actually put them into a spot on your boat where you can find them. So then the tournament comes and you're like, oh, I'm going to use that new whatever jig and then you can't find it. You know, like like maintenance is like the least sexy thing and so important and so necessary if you want to do well. Don't you think, Nate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. So I fished, said I fished Saturday, had that little hiccup with the trolling motor. Um, and I'm working on that along with like prepping rods and reels and retying, getting everything situated because I knew I was going into this tournament without any practice on that pool or that area. So while I'm doing all that, I look over at my console of my, of my boat, which it doesn't, you know, probably get the maintenance it deserves, but I look over and, uh, three screws are like backed all the way out. Oh my gosh. That like hold the, that hold the console that the that the graph is mounted to. So I've got a 16 inch oh Lowrance graph, you know, mounted at my console probably has seven or eight screws all the way around it. But three <laughs> that were like right in the front are like all backed out. So I'm like, Oh man, glad I'm glad I'm sitting here doing this. And, uh, you grab the screwdriver out of my center console, tighten all this stuff back down. So yeah, so I got it all fixed down and, and got it, got it good. But, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. Like if I were, if I were in that, that routine, that, you know, swindle is in where I'm kind of right. once overing everything post tournament. I wouldn't have, never would have really ran into that situation. Right. right. And how awful would it be if you really actually didn't care about maintenance and then you're driving down the water and it flings off or breaks off or yeah, that's a great way to not win a tournament. All right. Number yeah. six, number six, that was number seven. Number six is this is one that, um, I, uh, am guilty of sometimes this is a good way to lose a tournament is have good electronics but don't be good with them don't know anything about how to properly use the electronics just put it in like auto mode you know what i'm saying like um like a a few weeks ago when we were talking to kyle vandiver who is an awesome photographer and videographer and um we were talking like dude you can't have your camera in auto mode you got to know the ins and outs and the manual settings and the ways to tweak it and to know what you're looking at to really get the most out of it um a couple weeks ago at a derby locally um this father-son team who had this like and I'm not saying they're stupid, please. You know, that's not, I'm not pointing fingers at all. Um, but they had this filthy, like brand spanking new Phoenix. Uh, it was like dark gray with like black pinstripes, uh, the new Mark 254 stroke with like the black decals, black power pole, or no, I think they were black Raptors. Um, all Lawrence, everything like two big units at the console, two big, uh, Lawrence units up front, Lawrence ghost. They had the Lawrence, uh, active target and, I heard the kid like asking a bunch of people like, Hey, my active targets like cutting off like halfway down the screen. Like it just goes blank. And, um, I I don't know if I was just feeling insecure or whatever, but like I knew what it was, was that his little transducer on the shaft of the trolling motor, it needed to click one click up because he had it facing too far down. So it was just shooting, you know, the beam was just shooting straight into the bottom. So the reason it was cutting off is it wasn't seeing everything. So I was going to say like, 
just click it up one, dude. Like, point it back up towards yourself. Uh, and then a dude from another boat was like, oh, you just need to adjust your transducer before I could say anything. Mm. Um, and that fixed it. So, like, not a diss to them, but you can have the dopest electronics on earth, but if you don't know how to use it, like, it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, definitely, definitely makes things difficult if you, if you, you know, have the equipment and don't know how to use it. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you may be even better off not having the equipment and, right. you know, just knowing the, knowing the area or knowing the river or knowing, yeah. you know, the, the lake you're fishing, you know, that can be more useful than having all that fancy equipment and, and just letting it sit on your boat. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, what was that dude's name? Was it, uh, Louis Louis Minetti or whatever the dude from uh oh yeah yeah the classic he had um yep. live scope installed on his boat like just right before the classic and he was like not really I don't I don't think he's dumb or anything but he just wasn't really getting it and he didn't have time to really like take it and and learn it and whatever so he had like a friend come over and take the entire thing off his boat like take the live scope off take the fish finder off take the whole thing off because he was like i don't need to be distracted by something that i don't really get while i'm fishing in the biggest tournament of my life that's that's good that's that's respectable right so smart yeah yeah i think that's awesome smart because also if anybody yeah go ahead if anybody doesn't i was just gonna say if anybody doesn't know that kid's story and you know they're in the bass fishing they should you know just kind of even just Google Louis Minetti. I'm pretty sure that is his name. Um, but you know, he qualified for the classic out of like a 1995 boat with like, uh, you know, an old trolling motor and next to no electronics. Yeah, and you know, it that. just goes to show you don't really need that stuff. If you, yeah. you know, if you have your game dialed in, like that's, it's, it's, it's so awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say too, and I think what you just said ties into it perfectly, Nate is so easily we can let, fishing and boating or whatever um please pardon my french here i'm not a cusser but we can let it turn into an absolute dong measuring contest so quick like like i got i got two units on the console and i got three units up front and i got a 300 mercury racing motor and i got blah 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 and i got brand new raptors and like and i finished dead last in every tournament you know like Mm -hmm. like the equipment doesn't really make you like instincts and um familiarity and um comfort and like you said knowing the electronics you do have that's really what it's more about it's not about going out there and flexing on everybody like it's i mean i'm trying to think really like most of the tournaments i fish it's not always the dudes like like the last chippewa valley bass attack tournament which is that club is just a club full of hammers um the dudes who won it were fishing out of a pretty old Triton with a pretty old Yamaha. They had decent electronics on the boat that they that they knew and operated well. But yeah, it's it's less about the equipment and more about the angler. Yeah, I never ever I know I'm like newbie, whatever, but I I don't ever look at the stuff. <laughs> and I know it's on our boat and it's so expensive, <laughs> but I never use it. I just I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love that. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it just takes like stop. And I do catch fish. You catch so, a lot of fish. So I'm just saying. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it just takes like just put your head down and just go down the bank and crank and ha- fish hard and cover water and, you know, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, just fish. Number five, how to lose a bass tournament. Lola, break us off with number five. Well. And say it in a dramatic way because this is a really good one. Say it dramatically. Yeah, like you know, like really make oh, it. Oh, like I have to do that, boys. Yeah. Forget about map study. 
and be arrogant. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm just kidding. I could barely even understand you. It was so raspy was and manly. Should I try again? Yeah, do it again. <laughs> Have, if anybody's ever seen Parks and Rec, there's one episode where they're trying to do like a like a bash political ad against this guy. And what's his name? Oh, I can't think of it. Okay, I don't know his name. Bobby Newport. Yeah, That's nice. Bobby Newport's okay. never had a real job in his life. That was good. Thank you. Do you want to read this? No, I want you to do it like that. <laughs> it sounded it sounded a lot like that. Thank uh, you. That AFCO commercial. Thank you. Oh was, yeah, was very Thank good. You. Yeah, number five for how to lose a bass tournament. Forget. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Do it. Forget. <laughs> You've got to forget something, apparently. I'm sweating. Forget about map study and be arrogant. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> point, point, point. Shout so out your, your voice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say this. I think if you really want to lose a bass tournament, I don't think you have to have a great practice or even practice at all. I don't think you do. Every tournament I've ever won, um, and I haven't won a ton, but half dozen, something a little more than that, has been on days where either I didn't get to practice at all or my practice didn't go great. But one thing you cannot do if you want to win a bass tournament, you cannot bypass map study. You can't do it. You can't do it. You have to really look at maps, whether that's on your actual boat, like, like I, I was, who was I talking to about that? About somebody in a, in a tournament about sitting in your boat while you're doing tackle prep and looking over like the, the lake you're going to. Um, and, um, you know, that's just a pretty normal deal. Um, look up on, on, you know, there's apps like fishity. There's apps like Navionics. There's all kinds of things you can look at, even just Google maps or Apple maps where you can look and see points. You can see contour lines. If you want to lose a bass tournament, just totally bypass map study. Just forget it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. So in this, uh, in this last tournament that I fished, I knew, well, obviously didn't pan out, but I knew a good portion of the day I would spend on that upper end of the pool that I didn't have much, um, you know, much history on. So yeah. I actually, I actually did that a lot. I, I, you know, studied the map on my you know, Google earth, um, you know, just the map on my phone and then, uh, coordinated that with the, uh, the reveal map that I have, the C maps chip that I have in my, in my Lawrence unit. C-maps are so um, good. Oh man, the the yeah, the detail on that thing is absolutely amazing, and and what I really love is like the accuracy of it. Like, it's yeah, it's it's right there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I knew it. Obviously, this tournament didn't pan out, but you know, there's a lot of times where I I could have pulled up on a few of those points, um, those main river points, or a few of those uh, wing dams that I fished and and stuff like that where. You know, they they could have could have had fish stacked all over them, and, and I only found those because I studied the map and I looked at the contour lines and the and the, and the shoreline uh, change and stuff like that. So, yeah, didn't didn't work this time, but next time it, it very well could. You know, that's exactly right. And I, I think just yeah. especially as as it relates to um, safely navigating waters, like being even if it's just a map until you get there and then you go, Oh, this is the shoreline I was looking at on the map. Oh, this is the point I was looking at on the map. Um, that balsam late tournament, I finished middle of the pack, didn't do incredible, but I put a five fish in the boat, you know, or five fish in the well, I weighed in five fish and, um, 
almost all of them came from a spot that I'd never seen because I didn't get to pre-fish it, but that I saw on map study that I thought this looks good and I bet most people aren't going to go to it. And right away I started catching fish. I'm not an expert. I'm not a genius. But if you don't study maps, I feel like you're just sort of being either lazy or arrogant or like an icky combo of the two. And um, yeah, that's a great way to lose a tournament. It's a great way to lose a tournament. Just go in blind, you know? All right. Number four. Number four and number three kind of play off each other. All right. So we'll do them together. Number four and number three, ways to lose a bass tournament. Number four, fish to your weaknesses because you want to be a more versatile fisherman. Let me say that again. Versatile or versatile? How do you say it, Nate? (laughs) Um, Well, when I was was writing it down, I said versatile. Thank you. Um, but I, I do not say it that way when I'm talking about being versatile. Yeah, it's really more versatile. Versatile. All right. Versatile. Yep. Okay, sorry. So anybody out there knows what I'm talking about. Anybody who's fished tournaments knows what I'm talking about. I always fish square bills, and I always fish jigs, and I always throw a chatterbait. Today I'm really going to work on throwing a 12-inch mag draft and drop shotting. Like, that's not necessarily bad, but like... Don't skip what you're good at in the name of trying to be more versatile. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Number three, only fish your strengths because they're comfy. Mm. So there's a there's like a there's like a really dope middle ground balance there to be found if you can figure out how to do that dance. Ish Monroe, who has got to be, in my opinion, I don't I don't know how good Ish Monroe is. I mean, he's got to be top twenty. Maybe maybe smaller number on planet Earth for professional fishermen. He is so good. Yeah, uh, and yeah I, he is really, really good. And I feel like he's just a dude who goes into tournaments and just does well. And I don't know. Like, people say that, like, Greg Hackney and Jason Christie are intimidating and whatever. But I feel like Ishman Rowe is just one of those dudes who's very naturally good at fishing. And I feel like if I saw him at a derby I'd be more intimidated. I don't know. I, anyway, he's just a really, really good angler. He said in a Bass University seminar, um, shout out Bass University. If you, don't, point, point, point. if you don't have Bass University, you should really consider it. Pretty much everything you can imagine or need to learn about fishing, they have seminars on there from like just the best fishermen out there. And it's not terribly expensive. And I don't watch it that much, but sometimes, um, well, not sometimes, but pretty much every time that I do, I feel like I learn you know, I feel like I learned something from it, but he was saying on this, how to win a tournament seminar when he goes to fish a, a, a lake, like, especially like out West where he's from, um, as long as it's not like a great lakes tournament, he doesn't even bring a spinning rod in the boat. Doesn't even put one in the boat. And you might be like, Oh, that's dumb, but he knows what he's good at. And so he has some variation there, but he's not going to waste his time being like, I got to diversify today when that might not be the juice anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the same time, though, like I, I do this a lot. Nate knows I do this. Um, I like certain ways of fishing. I love buzzbait fishing. I love frog fishing. I love throwing a square bill, um, whatever. I love skipping a swim jig under docks, blah, 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 blah. And so sometimes I'll start to try to basically like force feed them, you know, like I'll try to be like, they're going to eat the freaking buzzbait. No, they're not. Yes, they are. And I just keep on throwing the buzzbait. And it's like, dude, it ain't working. You know, so you got to find that line of like fishing to your strengths, but not being so wrapped up in them that you won't look to throw a drop shot when maybe that's the juice. Nate, agreed? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's 100% correct. I mean, 
um, you know, fishing, fishing your strength is, is definitely, you know, the way, you know, the way to go, the way to start, you know, you're going to be comfortable in what you're doing, which is going to make you fish a little bit, maybe more free, but then to also have the knowledge to know, Hey, if this is not working, what's another presentation I can maybe, uh, put in front of them that a, either they haven't seen, or it may present the same bait I'm throwing, but just in a different fashion, you yeah. know? So that's perfectly um, put. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. 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 Cause like, okay. So, um, myself and a buddy were talking about, uh, chatterbait fishing the other day. Maybe I shouldn't give the juice on this one, but I, like I said, from the get go on the show, we're not going to hold stuff back. One really great way to fish a chatterbait that nobody does is to flip it like a jig. It works so well. So like I mm-hmm. will, I will often, often I will throw a, a and I can skip a chatterbait pretty well. Again, it's I said very this, nice to watch that noise when it goes away under a dock. Um, Again, if if you're throwing a chatterbait, I almost always throw a three eighths ounce chatterbait unless I know I'm going to skip it. Then half just skips way way better. And if you throw something like a rage uh, menace on the back um, or like a Giltech um, swim bait, because Giltech swim bait is flatter, just something like that, it'll skip so well under stuff. Um, anywho, uh, so when you're when you're doing that, you can like flip, let's say, or you can skip it under a dock or throw it next to a laydown or whatever. And if you don't get a bite slow down, put your talons or your poles, your raptors down, and then use it like a jig, like throw it out there and just flip it and bounce it off the bottom. It is crazy how many times I've fished cover and not got a bite skipping a chatterbait or reeling a chatterbait straight in like a normal chatterbait. And then I throw the exact same bait in the same cover, but I flip it and use it like a jig and I get absolutely just and just get rocked. Mm-hmm. By it. So that's, you know, you have kind of you know, that yo-yo presentation. Yeah. Giving them that little bit, little bit different offering, you know, different offering, different speed. It. Yeah, it's totally. And so here's something too. I was listening to Cliff Crochet, Cajun Baby, on Mike Iconelli's podcast, and I don't really have a very good Cliff Crochet impersonation, but I need to like work on it because he's so dope and so funny. Yeah, and yeah. he said, "You know, I'm going out under lake underwater with that super like Cajun accent <laughs> or whatever." And he was like saying how I, I'm gonna, you know, miss remember exactly how he said it but basically he said something along the lines of like i'll be throwing the spinner bait and it'll work and then i think to myself oh if the spinner bait works then i should throw the chatter bait and then i waste half the day trying to force feed him the chatter bait when the spinner bait was working perfectly and i think we all do that and i think that's a great way to lose a bass tournament oh dude the buzz bait's working so then i should definitely try and throw a buzz toad as well because why maybe, would you change it yeah like like, like something well, I just think sometimes I think you do it because you think on a scale, let's say, let's say on a scale of one to 10, I'm making this up as I go right now. Okay. Um, on a scale of one to 10, the fish are eating the buzz bait a seven, you know, 10 is the highest one is they're not eating at all. 10 is they're just annihilating it. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're eating the buzz bait a seven and there's something in each of our like little fisher mini brain where it's like, you're trying to put the pieces together and you're like, okay, the buzz bait is working, but this might work even better. I'm going to be and honest so, with you. If it's working, I would just stick with it. Oh, absolutely. And that's like that old adage. You don't leave fish to find fish, you know, maybe yeah. they're not the perfect fish, but stick with them. Cause you never know when a big one might be. In there, might and, be there, yeah. So, like, I'll be throwing a buzz bait, and then I'm like, Well, this is working, but you know, what might work even better is like a whatever I don't know, a whopper plopper, or yeah. uh, and then it's like, How much time, like Cliff Crochet was saying, how much time that I waste trying to force feed them something when the original something was working just great? 
Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Two more. Two more. Um, how to lose a bass tournament according to the bass tournament losing champions pro tips here guys. tackle and tacos you need to learn how to lose a bass tournament call us 1-800 we suck at fishing oh my uh, god we'll be there uh anyway um if you're doing bad and you, here's what we'll do we'll start a new thing where we will show up to your bass tournament and do so poorly that no matter how you fish you won't come in last Oh, that's solid. I like that. Wow. It's like an, I like that. It's like an, I'd, it's be, like I'd a, be good at that one. It's like an ego boost program. Yeah. Well, we didn't get last, and these guys these guys have a podcast. And they're and like really a, fun. And they, they did worse than us, so we must be doing pretty good. You yeah. know, like we can really make you feel gooder about yourself. Gooder. So much thank. So much thank. All right, last two. If you want to lose a bass tournament, number two is Lola or Nate. Nate, do you have these things written down, all this stuff? Uh, I think I got them. The next uh, number two. Yeah, give us number Envision two. Envision yourself losing or struggling. And I got a little side note on Ooh, that one. Give it to okay. us. Um, uh, just a little side note is the mental game. Mm. Yep. So, so yeah. So, envision yourself losing or struggling before you even make the first cast, which I feel like I've been guilty of that a few times. Dude. And Jordan, I know you have. So. Hey. <laughs> that is not so nice, fast. but you're absolutely so correct. So honest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep, he got you. You know what's funny, yeah, though, no. about me when it comes to, like, the negative thing is, like, and I'm not making this up. I don't care if, um, you know, I just said Pat because we were talking about those jigs. Um, but, like, he's, like, a local, but he's on the elites. I don't care if. Pat Schlopper showed up at like a bass attack event. I, I legitimately, I don't care if Mike Iconelli showed up or Jacob Wheeler or big famous, that doesn't intimidate me at all. Like legitimately, I don't care because I do believe that regardless of who's there or who's fishing, um, when you're supposed to win a tournament, you win a tournament. What I get more intimidated is like, I always doubt myself and my ability to put the pieces together fast enough. And so mm-hmm. I'll get in my head sometimes on some, like, I don't actually sit there and, like, envision, like, dude, it's going to feel so good when I come to the tournament with an empty bag. You know, like, I don't really, like, <laughs> see it like that. But I do get in my own head, like, with doubts or, like, a couple weeks ago, um, uh, we talked about this before, but me and Vinny, um, our middle boy, we pre-fished for a tournament and absolutely smashed them. And I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that that pattern wasn't going to hold up the day of the tournament. And it didn't. Mm. And who knows? Maybe if I wasn't thinking so negatively, maybe I would have fished differently. That's true. Yeah. What do you got, Nate? So, um, yeah, no, it just, it, it kind of made me think about the, you know, just the, the tournament that I fished uh, on Sunday. Uh, we're we're fishing uh like i said made it to the first spot caught a couple fish but no keepers went to the second spot didn't get a bite and, and it's a it's a big it's a big area so fished a long time didn't get a bite um and, and kind of towards the end of that area my father-in-law was like oh boy i'm getting a little discouraged and uh you know it was only about it was only about 9 30 we've know, been in the fishing morning. for 30 minutes dude my yeah. snack my snacks would have been gone yeah, by that, then. that's how many yeah. gets to Vinny's like, it was, it was something else. yeah <laughs> yeah it was only about 9 30 and then ran to the third spot and that's where i caught you know i probably caught 10 or 12 fish at that third spot um but they were all cookie cutter 10 to 12 inch you know fish it was just the same and fish over and over again. It, it's like, it, I'm it back. Legit, I mean, the the only difference was was like 
here would be a small mouth and then it would be large mouth, large mouth, large mouth. Then here would be a small mouth. So that was the only difference. So they could have just been, you know, running in circles, you know, chasing the you know, <laughs> little worm I'm throwing out there or something. But, uh, yeah. So after, after that third spot, uh, we're getting ready to run to the fourth spot and I'm like, man, maybe he's right. This is, this is a little discouraging. Uh, and then pulled up on the, on the fourth spot we, we, we fished and within, you know, five minutes on that spot, you know, I caught, I caught the first keeper of the day. So, yeah, that's good um, you know, trying to, trying to stay, trying to stay in that, in that mental game, trying to stay, stay positive, um, you know, stay focused and, and, you know, you don't have to necessarily envision yourself winning every single tournament, but like, um, you know, just think of, you know, what you're doing, you know, have the, have the confidence, you know, what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah. And if it's not, you will, you'll stumble across it you'll, throughout you'll, the day. You've you're got, smart you've got enough, plenty you're of experience time. enough to change it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you know. it's hard when the person you're fishing with starts to feel discouraged. And I'm not just saying your father-in-law, but like if Jordan's like, oh, nothing's working and blah, then I'm like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, Everything's no, all right. Yeah, and then I get nervous. Like, well, yeah. if he's doesn't, if he doesn't feel like this yeah, is going to go well, right? then it's totally contagious. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, it really is. And I think, uh, so our tagline here at Tackle and Tacos is positivity is worth the effort. And I don't think we've ever really broke that down and explained it to people. Um, it is so freaking easy to be negative. Yeah. It's so, so natural and easy to be pessimistic. And when we choose to put a little more oomph behind it and be positive, it's always worth that extra effort because like your brain changes and, um, your behavior changes, your posture changes, your outlook changes. And I think that is 1 million percent a thing for bass fishing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, we, I completely agree. We asked we asked um, Polinick when he was on our podcast, what's the difference between a pro and a weekend angler? And he, so quickly. Mm-hmm, he knew. Yeah, what, what did he say? It's between the ears. He said it's between right? the ears. Right away. Yeah. Right away. He didn't say yeah. anything about how to cast. He didn't say anything about your equipment or what size motor or what size boat or how many sponsors you have. He said it's all between your ears. It's all between your ears. And he said, you know, if you lose a fish, how long do you let that lost fish spin you out? If you don't figure out a pattern right away, how long does it take you to change plans and go with a different pattern? If you, you know, whatever. And it's just everything, man. If you want to lose a bass tournament, if you want to lose a bass tournament and really, this is a good one, really lose it badly, envision, see yourself sucking during that tournament. And you probably will. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, so funny um i uh I, I ran into the at the tournament i ran into a guy that um, i actually used to work with at gander i think it was before the before you started uh jordan uh, but shout out tony devolder um, yeah yeah for real so this guy he's so cool he, he worked in the fishing department um just a real low-key humble dude and i was just kind of getting into that tournament scene like okay. you know my father-in-law took me to a couple tournaments and we fished out of his you know 15 foot bass boat and whatever and he was like oh you you know if you, if you like bass fishing let me let me take you out you know so he took me out one day uh he had a, a triton at the time i think it either had a 200 or 225 Triton, shout out plant, first, plant, plant. yeah first time first time i've ever been in like a sizely bass boat ever gone fast in, in a boat before in my life and i just remember the gigantic smile on my <laughs> face like i've told him i've told him and his wife this story a couple times yeah. the last few tournaments that, that i've seen him at but uh you know, he, he, uh, he showed up at the tournament, uh, to, to fish and was getting ready to, you know, to go. And, uh, 
he was one of the one of the last boats to dump in, put his boat in the water, and it wouldn't start. His oh, cranking battery, his cranking battery had completely crapped out oh, on him. So no. he had he'd, he'd get it started and it and it would and it would cut off because it was complete. It was just so he drained. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it was it was shot. So he ended up putting it back on the trailer and, and you know going home. But um, we were taught we've we've been talking pretty much all day today. Um, and he 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 said like you know staying focused and 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 realizing the mental aspect of tournament fishing whether you're you know like at the highest level or or just getting started like the the sooner you can can realize the you know the the mental portion of this game the better off you'll be and you know that's what that's what he was saying to me he's like he's like you know now that you you know now that you got a, a win under your belt with that one um earlier this year he's like you you kind of realize what it takes to win like what you know the changes you made or how you how you uh adjusted to um to what was going on throughout the day or yeah, you know whatever that. um you know you, you can implement that in in later tournaments because you, you now you have that experience you know what you're what you're looking for yeah and, it, and it's just gonna you know it's just gonna carry on and carry on so yeah, like I said, we've been talking about that today yeah so it's uh you know he said it's all about you know all about the mental game so yeah there's a there's a really cool story give me give me two minutes and i'm gonna i'm gonna mess up the facts of it but way back in the day um there was a thing called the miracle mile which is where and i can't remember if this is the 40s 50s 1940s 1950s this is forever ago but all these different runners from different countries <clears throat> different countries were trying to break the miracle mile which meant a human being running a mile in four minutes flat and um people tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and nobody could do it and scientists experts coaches runners they all agreed that a miracle mile a four-minute mile wasn't possible like they just agreed like this is not a thing that can be done by a human being then lo and behold somebody did it then word got around that that person did it, and that year something like ten other people ran a miracle mile. It was like mm-hmm. it was like once their eyes were open to the fact that oh, this is actually possible. Well, then let's get after it. And if we could just keep that mindset while we're fishing tournaments, even when things don't go well, like, dude, you know, maybe this isn't going exactly how I wanted, but this is possible. Then all of a sudden we can turn it on and things can go well things can go right but you want to you want to lose a tournament before it ever even starts you know what i'm saying look at it negative or or envision yourself struggling before you even make that first cast yeah i mean you can you can take that you can take that and and just use it in you know everyday life situations no like man that's that's serious yeah, I mean, basically, as soon as we get done recording here tonight, I'm going to try and kiss Lola right on the mouth. <laughs> and there's a big part of me that's like, she's not going to kiss you back. <laughs> but I also believe that some people do kiss each other. So, like, there's a chance oh, wow. this could. All right, number one. Weird. Number one way. Number one way to lose a bass tournament. And then we'll just we'll save all of our taco talk for next time because we're we're an hour plus into this thing. But just know we love tacos. Know that we love tacos more than Send we love our Send us taco recipes and pictures. Yeah, we why want is them. nobody sending us taco recipes? Do why is care? nobody sending us taco pictures from your favorite restaurant? Even if it's Taco to, Juan's. Yeah, even if it's Taco John's, Taco Bell. Like, I mean, that's not really tacos, but it is. But it is. Yeah, like send us some pictures. Like send it to us on social media. Tag us. Use hashtag tackling tacos. I don't know. 
know, something. We want to yeah. we want to celebrate with you the taco goodness that the Lord has placed in your life. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, what does he, he say in uh, Talladega Nights? He's like, I see you in your crib watching your baby Einstein developmental DVDs. Um, yeah. Anyway, he had a beard. Five pound, eight ounce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number one way, and I mean this to the core of me, both on a surfacey, like cheesy level and on a deeper level, um, the number one way to lose a bass tournament is to take things way too seriously. Don't That's, have fun. Don't have any also, fun. Also, why am I the only one that had to read when all dramatically yeah that was read it all seriously because it yeah. was really good it was really good because <laughs> yeah. okay. just we, we knew it was going to be good you knew i had it, it was all right yeah. so anyway don't have fun i mean for real though like the number one way i think because it's sort of like honestly um i've helped coach uh our boys um football teams and um and we're always like telling the the, the players like hey boys number one thing we're doing here is having fun Number two is learning, and our number three focus is, yeah, we're going to try and win because winning is also really fun. Yeah. But, like, if we're not having fun on the water, what are we doing? Like, if we're taking it too seriously, what are we doing? And then on the little bit deeper level, if we're not having any fun and we're taking it too seriously, it's sort of like um, it's sort of like a butthole. Oh gosh, again. It's all clenched up. It's not it's not operating properly. It's not thinking clearly. Like like, you know, if you if you skip a jig and get a backlash and then you get bit off by a northern pike and then your um your trolling motor isn't working the way it's supposed to or uh you accidentally throw a spinnerbait up in a tree uh you have a fish jump and spit the lure whatever it's so easy to just get and just clinch up and i promise you your brain is not functioning the way that it should be when that is happening you want to lose a bass tournament take it way too serious and i promise you you will lose it and that's not to say that you can't be serious and it's not to Mm -hmm. say that you can't be competitive and it's not to say that you can't go out on the dock in the morning and like before you launch and be like dude i'm gonna kill all these dudes i'm gonna catch so many fish today i'm gonna i'm gonna put more fish in my boat than any of these guys are i'm gonna fish so clean there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. What I'm talking about is going out there and just being like flexed up and angry and not having fun. Because if we're not yeah. having fun fishing, what the crap are we doing? Well, it's like Mark and Easton. Like yeah. they were like, we just need to fun fish more. Yeah. And they've been doing it. Yeah. And I think that's really great. And they've also been fishing really well in their Really, really well. Probably because they're balancing out exactly. the fun of the fishing with, with tournament fishing. And that's that's really a sweet spot. That's why like, um, I love seeing videos of like Mike Iconelli going out with his son Vegas fishing because yeah. he's not just like tournaments only food on the table making money you know, it's it's yeah. fun fishing is fun um, yeah. whether that's in your local pond going after bluegies with a little ultralight or you know skipping a, a five eighths ounce jig under a dock ready for it to load up and just set back and drive a hook into a four and a half pound small jaw. Like, Sounds nice. It does. It, yeah. needs to, it needs to be fun. And here's another really quick side note for uh, how to lose uh, a bass tournament before it ever starts. I just thought of this as I said, like you're going out in the dock and you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to kill these dudes. Another really, really great way to lose a tournament before it ever starts is to super engage in dock talk before you launch. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great yeah. way to lose a tournament. Yeah. Is just talk to everybody. Oh, my buddy heard that he caught a four and a half pounder on a 
wacky rig. And he turned into a 95-year-old? Well, that's how it feels, dude. <laughs> like, when I talk to dudes at the dock, like, I'm so down to socialize and be human For and sure. be buddies. Like, I want to be nice to everybody. Um, but when we start talking, like, dock talk about so-and-so caught this, and this guy had a great pre-fishing, and this guy caught a whatever in this one bit, I don't want to hear that nonsense. I don't want you to tell me that you're catching them on a spinnerbait, and I don't want to hear some dude say, like, oh, you know what really works here is a, um, a crappie jig. <laughs> And he's just trying to like trick you or play like, some mm. mental game. Like f all that. Like all that. All if that. You ain't, if you ain't throwing the banjo, man, you ain't gonna catch them. If you're not spinning a helicopter lure, <laughs> oh my you know gosh. Saying, or the flying lure, or that one lure that was on TV for a while that had like lights in it. Whoa! You ain't doing it right. Oh baby. Yeah. 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 If you're not injecting a bunch of stank in your tube, you will not catch a fish here. Period. Okay. Anyway. So those are our seven. Let me run through them really quick. Our seven ways to lose a bass tournament. Number seven, don't worry about maintenance. Number six, have good electronics but have no idea how to use them. Number five, forget about map study. Number four, fish to your weaknesses because you want to be a more versatile fisherman. The other side of that, number three, only fish your strengths because they're comfy. Number two, envision yourself losing. Number one, the best way to lose a bass tournament is take things way too seriously. Nate, hit us up with our, our sponsors and our socials and our whatever. Then we'll let Lola hit us with the uh, the tagline, and we will be outski. Yeah, so definitely uh, definitely thank you uh, to all of our, our viewers and listeners uh, sticking around for this one. Uh, you know, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate the guys at, at Working Class for letting us be a part of this Working Class uh, Bow Hunter Podcast <laughs> Network. Absolutely. That, that's that shout-out, shout-out. That's that yeah, super shout-out. You don't know if it's going to end. Those guys are worth it. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> but for real though, thanks, thanks, thanks to those guys. Thanks to our our viewers and listeners. Uh, you know, we we definitely appreciate it. Like we said, uh, you know, do us, you know, those those small favors, leaving us those those positive five star reviews yeah. on uh, Apple and and Spotify. Um, thank you to to Kenai Coolers and Grizzly Coolers for you know kind of being the first ones to, to get on board with us and and yeah. kind of believing in in what we're doing here. So thank you. We to beat those ours guys. up. We beat ours up camping this weekend, and they did great. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I've got that that carry all bag. It's so uh, sick. I just, yeah, I just pulled it out of my uh, out of my truck today, and I'm like, man, this thing is already getting dirty because I've been using it so <laughs> That's awesome. much. So like, good. It, That's good. Yeah, yeah, I've been. Yeah, we've been throwing everything in it, and nice and just going like it's yeah. it's awesome. But uh, you know, lastly, thanks to uh, thanks to Giltek. You know, that, that's that's yeah. a guy who's kind of been. He's had our back for a while, but yeah. you know now it's official, and uh, and we thank you for that. So um, you know, keep keep making fantastic products for us yeah, to man. sling around and catch fish. So uh, definitely be sure to follow us on YouTube, IG, Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, we appreciate all the engagement. So thank you. Perfect. All right, guys. Remember, positivity is worth the effort. Peace. Mm-hmm.